All right, that's recording, so let's do this. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Church is now online. And uh, Scott, right away, right off the bat, church is not yes. just online. Church, no, it's not. We need to change our name. Church is sort of Everywhere. online. It's half church, online. Church is half off. We're, you can meet us. <laughs> do you think it's internet. half? What percentage would you give it? I think half? it's uh, half is church is half 75% online. online. Yeah, there That's we go. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dan <laughs> Jacobson joined. Let's do the propers here. I'm Dan Jacobson oh, yes. joined with uh, our co-host Scott Irwin. Yes. Mm. And the resident long haired expert, new homeowner himself, Daniel Asher. Mm. Daniel Dasher, Thrasher, Asher, Stasher. How do you feel about closing on your home, Daniel? Uh, it was a, uh... It was great. Uh, it was really surreal because I've always been a runner. <laughs> like I've never been <laughs> in a uh, in a city or a state, honestly, longer than three years. Yeah, you're bumping up against um, that pretty soon. That's yeah, what a so, girl do to you. Yeah, I know. Good job, um, <laughs> it's Good like, job. I mean, equal terrifying, and uh, I mean, it's 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 humbling. Um, just how awesome this opportunity is that we had on the house. Um, yeah. So it was just too good to pass up on. Um, but yeah, like I realized this past week that I've moved nine times in four years. So like Jeez. it's just become so easy for me to pack up everything in a car and just like <laughs> and just leave. So the like idea, college. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of like having a home and you have freedom there, but you're also like you're there. You're there. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're stuck you're not, with you're the mortgage. Yep. Yeah. If you have Dan a chainsaw, you can help Daniel Asher out. Hit him yes. up. Yes. Yeah, we got to clear out a ton of trees. Um, but no, God, God has been so good and so faithful, and it's just, it's a big realization that like when you think you have it all figured out, or you think you have like this plan for yourself of the way that things should be, um, God knows how funny he is and is so quick to be like you don't have anything <laughs> right understood right so it's weird yeah but when i first moved here i was like i i am i will not live i don't say will not that's way too passionate i was like i didn't plan on living in hobart i was right. like well that's that exactly what i was really thinking cool. of that's exactly what i was thinking of daniel i i didn't even expect you in valpo i was like this kid's gonna go down to like downtown chicago you know get in a big city He's little did commute, you know. commute every night from wicker park from Wicker yeah, Park. I mean, yeah. And now here you are. You're officially a brickie. Yeah, officially. I reckon. Yeah. I reckon. I don't know. There is just uh there's I have a ton of friends that live in the city and there's so much that's appealing about it, but so much that's just like golly, I would I never want that in the, a million years. The last three months the big trend nope. has been leaving your high cost apartment in the city and going out to the country and yeah. renting an Airbnb and doing your work from there. And so no just, you know, just consider it your, like, if you had moved to the city, you would have been leaving and going out to the country. And so this is your country house that, you know, you're just renting from the bank. Hobart or always even, pulls you back. Even throughout, so one thing like throughout the, um, the pandemic, uh, and especially like, you know, the, the phase of protesting and your writing that we've had, it's made me really thankful one to have a job just in general, to be employed. Yeah. And two, uh, to not be living in a metropolis, <laughs> a metropolitan Amen. area where it's like you can't go anywhere. I mean, I had friends uh, for like two weeks, and I could not leave at all in downtown. 
Yeah. Um, and we're like, oh, I can I'm gonna go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to go run around the 14 acres of the church right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, another thing that's great about the house is that we're, we are, I think, seven houses down from Christina's parents, um, and their family is so tightly knit. Like, it's really intimidating in a lot of ways, <laughs> um, but really hopeful um, because they all just support each other. There's more of them than I can even express. There's like literally 200 in the area. Um, <laughs> like it's crazy. Um, but they you all just you ain't far from her family, man. Right, yeah. right, right. And they're yeah. all they're all like, I mean, like Dave Santaguita. They're all they're all just like just one call away from being wherever you need them. Um, that's cool. So that's been yeah. really awesome. Yeah. We should get Santa Guida on the podcast because he's been, uh, yeah. he, he's had quite a few weeks here. I don't know. He, he would probably love to talk about it. Uh, you, you know, boys, um, we've had quite the week. We are back <laughs> in action at the campus. Yes. Uh, Sunday, we let people in the building. We had a service. <laughs> and it was awesome. It really was. It was. Like, it was good. I, I, I knew I missed it. And I knew having, you know, Daniel and I have been marginally involved. Well, Daniel more than myself, but involved with the Crown Point live stream. And so we've mm-hmm. been in spaces on Sundays and, you know, been with people. But uh, it's I had no special. concept for it. Yeah. Like I, I had no concept for it because I've just been, you know, just like everybody else worshiping from home. I haven't been to Crown Point at all. And uh, it was it was so cool. It was so cool. It was. It was special. It was special. Yeah. Uh, wasn't weird at all. And I was expecting like there to be a decent weird factor. I talked to some people, you know, we, we had, um, gone ahead and since you got to register, we kind of knew who was coming. So we put these little signs out that said like, welcome back, you know, Irwin family. And, uh, it was cool to like, just see people appreciate that. But I talked to some people, I was like, sorry to tell you where to sit. And they're like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. We're just glad to be here. And I was just love that. I appreciated that attitude. And, um, You know, there's this moment, Daniel, when you led one of the songs and even through a mask, like the whole room erupted in singing, <laughs> uh, even though there was only like, you know, maybe 80, 90 of us in the space. Yeah. We're, we're right under the 100 person cap. So, I mean, what was that like for the team? I'm sure it was life giving for you. Yeah, no, the way I talked to my team about it, um, we lead, we lead a lot. Um, I think I do 49 Sundays a year. So that's Sunday morning and then Sunday evening for uh, um, for Verge. So it's just a lot of leading. And in that, um, I I was in a just a season of like just numbness before this all happened, um, where I was just leading um, almost became a burden. Hmm. Um, I it induced anxiety. Um, was was just I was in it's the funky headspace um so over this you know period of 90 days or whatever it has made me so come to the realization of the power uh, of what happens when god's people are gathered together yeah um and it man it just it kicked me just straight uh in the butt um that i have i had been taking for granted um the bride of christ um i think when i talked to my team i think we as a team had been um just coasting. Um, and man, it's, uh, I don't know. So it, 
I was so heavily reminded on Sunday morning of just like the power of, you know, 60, 70 people in a room. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. I finished this book by, um, Timothy Keller, uh, called the reason for God. And one of the chapters, he's talking about the, the relationship, the, between the father, son, and the Holy spirit. Um, and the word in the new Testament being perichoresis, which is like, literally means like this dance that happens. Um, so like God is, God is kinetic. Um, so when we have that absent from our spiritual lives, it's like missing a stinking arm or missing a leg. And over the past couple months, it's been like, I haven't connected with people on a spiritual level. Like I haven't, we haven't connected really as a, um, just, I don't know, physically as a church. Um, mm. and, uh, yeah, this Sunday was just so life-giving, um, because I, I've just, my soul's missed it. Um, I know my team, um, I've never been more confident in my team or more proud of them just for, uh, their servant heartedness throughout, um, this whole time. Like there's not been any massive competition. Like I want to play at crown point. I want to be there, whatever. Um, but anyone who has served, um, has just had such a servant heart, like huge shout out to Laura Wasco and Brandon Keene, um, who have just like overserved and been even busier throughout this time than, yeah. <laughs> than most mm-hmm. people I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hallmark. I've experienced that at our campus as well, since I've been here is just people willing to use the gifts that God's given them at whatever season of life they can be used. And so yeah. I, I agree. I love I love seeing that. We've had some people volunteer to help us with whatever uh, programs and events coming up uh, that we have in the future. So um, super grateful for our people. Um, I noticed on Sunday that there were people who had um, little kids in the space with us in the in the auditorium, and they did the mask thing. And uh, you know we're letting people take the mask off during the sermon. That's kind of a new thing that we haven't had a chance to really yeah. like let people know. It's like uh, in coronavirus world, there's always this like updated, you're always out of date with, with the current information. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I feel like uh, there could be like a breaking news, like ESPN, just like da 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 da. The new COVID <laughs> rules are. Yeah. And then every, the, every day. <laughs> every day. Sometimes like every half a day. But um, what's cool about our campus is that we, we can't fit more than 100 people in it, social distanced. And so right now, um, you come to the campus, you can hang out with people, and yeah. we're asking people to wear a mask in the in the building. Um, but yep. it's it's summer, so uh, super cool that you know we can just go outside the doors and hang out with people and, and chat and have conversations. So I just love seeing the family vibe back in the space. You know, people. Yeah, it was great. Just enjoying. Oh my being gosh, in it made me familiar space. It made me feel so uh, I don't know, almost guilty for a guy like the importance of like a good service isn't a service unless we have you know as many people as we can cram in the room uh and like my perspective has just been so shifted like man Mm -hmm. if if we can just worship with five people (laughs) in our house right now then that is going to be such a win yeah um and uh yeah i don't know i've been i've been convicted about that because that was for so many years honestly before i moved here it was just uh you know, whether a service was good or bad kind of depended on like, well, how many people were there? And it was such a skewed, perverted way of looking at what we do on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, man, yeah, just having 60 people in there felt like a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, awesome. it, was, it was so good. Dan, what was it like uh, 
preaching on Sunday. I know well, you, you had yeah. you had a rep at Crown Point, so it wasn't like your your first weird stretch, but yeah. Did you preach was, with people in the room at Crown Point, or was it just live streamed? You know, I had some people come from the campus to help me with uh, the balloons, and so uh-huh. um, they I actually snuck them in by the cameras when I was preaching uh, back then, uh-huh. and so that was great. But uh, no, it was um, so the topic that we're obviously the, the the protests and everything are going on right now dominating the news cycle and romans yeah. has something to say about it so we as a, has church, a lot to say <laughs> it has a lot to say about it. yeah and so we as a church decided to just skip to the thesis in romans 7, uh, 15 7 and talk about where paul has been pushing this whole entire thing for the past two years is actually in the space of um you know, welcoming one another as God in Christ has welcomed you. Mm. I'll be honest, that's a really difficult conversation to have with kids in the room, uh, just Mm -hmm. in the sense of like making it interesting for kids or at least like trying to talk to them. And so my hope has been that we would preach messages that would hit, you know, students and elementary age kids because I want them to be engaged coming to church. I don't want them to grow up being bored out of their mind, but it was a difficult topic to try and hit their level and so i didn't even try Um, yeah i just wanted to talk to the adults in the room maybe the people who had more formulated opinions about what the bible was and the gospel was and the role of the church was and so um from that aspect i felt a little tension i didn't it didn't bother me at all that people were spread out it didn't bother me at all that um that you know there were kids making noise that was fine um Mm -hmm. I just felt the tension of like wanting to do right by families and knowing the topic that we had was just a little bit more mature and needed a little bit more uh, adult interaction in it. So we'll see how mm-hmm. it goes in the coming weeks. We're, we're really hopeful that we can help our kids uh, really love church on Sunday mornings as well. So well, I yeah. think it's been, I think it's been cool to see uh, just, you know, from the pandemic to the, the protesting i don't think there's a there's a generation um who's not affected by what's going on whether they're offended or stuck in their ways or whatever like everyone seems to have an opinion on what's going on um and it's affecting everyone and it's been really cool to see the way that scripture has had the most to say about what's going yeah. on mm-hmm. um, yeah no I like think just the right. way that yeah the way that romans um man just get ugh, just made everything clear. And I, I love what you said at the beginning, at the, the end of the message, um, uh, that those who were basically like policing the area, like stood back as Christ was, um, as Christ was murdered. Um, mm-hmm. I know I, I thought Sunday was, was really impactful. And I, I don't know if, if you were trying to, or what you're trying to do, but, um, it was, it was very poignant. Yeah, I think whenever we talk about injustice, we always try and figure out like a way where, you know, this is the first time this injustice has ever happened. Yeah. And I think it's important for us as Christians to to understand that Jesus has been there, right? Like, yeah. uh, he, he was treated unjustly um, in the cause of justice. And so, yeah, I just wanted to point out the fact that the gospel speaks into George Floyd's death. The gospel speaks into the issue of um just racism the gospel speaks into the issue of uh, how we live as christians from different sides of the aisle the gospel speaks as christians from how we live in different sides of the um the tracks so to speak or the socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. or the theological status uh where we are and so it's just a huge a huge thing for us and that whole tag of like welcome home um yeah i just love that 
that we can be a place that just remembers God has welcomed us. So let's welcome each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we got more services coming up and we'll be doing some drive through stuff in the summertime, hoping to do some parking lot things. We'll be announcing that more as things come up. But, um, Scott, why should people, um, why should people come this week? Like give the plug. Why, why should the, the family who's like, you know, been at our campus for five years and they're, uh, empty nesters, they're not, you know, prohibited from the CDC coming to church. Why should yeah. they come? Why should they not let someone else take their seats? because it's better than worshiping at home. <laughs> and that we've talked, I mean, I think we've talked about this in the podcast before. There's there's definitely something lacking in church online. And while we've tried to do it the best we can, um, the body of Christ has always been a called out people that is called together uh, to then go out into the community. I think, um, I, I'm just thinking back to Sunday, seeing people worship together and daniel you hit on this is i think uh powerful in a way that you miss online i think it's way easier to focus coming to church you know i'm just going to be honest i've had hard times focusing on sermons um and uh, we want to see you really at the end of the day (laughs) it's selfish we want to see you at church and other people want to see you yep absolutely Bethelweb.org slash attend. Would love uh, for you listening, uh, whether it's this week, next week, in the future. Uh, hopefully, you know, if you're a year behind and catching up these uh, time capsules of, of a podcast, uh, you don't have to go to Bethelweb.org slash attend to go to church in uh, 2021. <laughs> but if you do, I mean, check it out just to be safe. Uh, <laughs> Bethelweb.org slash attend. And you can uh, register for any service. Bring your, bring your whole family um, right now. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, for, for June 14th, you're going to have to wear a mask. And, uh, we, uh, I, I was okay with it. Um, Scott, were you, did, did you survive? I survived. I would encourage everybody to make sure they brush their teeth and chew gum, but <laughs> I survived. Nice. Nice. Scott, let us know a little bit about our guest that we got here uh, coming up. Yes. We're really excited about this. So uh, we plugged him on Saturday, had the opportunity to pray over him. We've got Coleman Wells coming up. He is headed off to basic training in a few weeks. And we just had a conversation with him about the Army, his choice to enlist, and also a little bit about his graduation as part of class of 2020. Yeah, not everybody was at HP. Don't forget. Oh, that's true. That's if you true. missed the service. See, and this is also why you should come on Exactly. <laughs> Case in point. Case in point, you missed you missed all of the uh, announcement there about in uh, the prayer over this. So, yeah. uh, without further ado, uh, check out this interview with our very own graduating senior Coleman Wells. See you guys. to uh, the show. We're so grateful for our very own Coleman Wells. And Scott Coleman, someone that you've been able to get to know over the past uh, many months. And you want to do a quick bio on Coleman and and, a quick welcome? Yes. Coleman is awesome, first off. 
We uh, Coleman, how long have uh, have we known each other? It's feel like it hasn't been that long, but yeah, was it like September of eighteen is when I came, and yeah. you guys were part of Verge. You and and uh, your family's uh, a big part of HP. So what's that? Like a year and a half? Has it been a year and a half? Almost two years. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, said uh, Coleman was uh, uh, a big part of Verge. I think even before. How long have you been attending Verge, Coleman? We started attending Verge fairly soon after we started going to um, HP. I didn't go to uh, HP Verge immediately. Yeah. I went to Crown Point for a couple weeks with a friend of mine um, and then ended up going to HP. Oh, awesome. Well, we, lo- we love having you at HP. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Coleman is a senior this year recently graduated and uh if you were at the hp service on sunday you would uh you would have heard this but uh coleman was not able to go to the graduation that you were supposed to have right in july yeah because coleman's heading off to basic training here in what what you got how much time left like three weeks from tomorrow three weeks coleman you were supposed to have a graduation which is yes which is an accommodation, right? Like, uh, usually graduations like the last day of May. Um, yeah. But you guys were able to push it back to July, and then even with the accommodation, <laughs> life life has not allowed for you to celebrate the end of high school. Yeah. What does it feel like to finish high school right now? Like, what are you? Can you give us a glimpse into your emotions about it? Like, excited, could care less. How's it feel? I'm I'm kind of excited because I just I like being done with school, um, but like um, I feel like a little bit anticlimactic just because you know I didn't have the cer- the I guess bigger ceremony. I still had a smaller ceremony, and I really enjoyed getting to do that. Um, but like I would have graduated with like one of my best friends, so I wasn't really able to do that. Yeah, yeah. We I've talked to uh, a couple more seniors this year, not only high school but college as well. And uh, Coleman, I think you hit the nail on the head. It is like it's totally anticlimactic. And I think what what started off in March when this kind of all went down was oh cool, you know, school's gonna be a little different. And just to preface. School is a little different for Coleman in general because he's homeschooled. That's right. So, so I don't know if much changed for you guys. Did anything change for you guys, actually? For me, it did. And, like, for Grace, it did a little bit, uh, mainly because I work – I used to work a before-school program, so I didn't have to do – I didn't really have to work. But, yeah, yeah, nothing, like, actually a part of school changed. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know for some students, it was like, uh, it was really cool just to be able to be off school. But then as the days turned into weeks and the weeks turned into months, and then it was like, well, we're not going back to school. It, it became uh, difficult, I think, especially for the seniors. It's a hard um, pill to swallow having that kind of lack of closure and realizing this huge, ginormous chapter of your life is, is over, right? And you're turning the page without really right in that last sentence so what do you feel about that do you feel like there's this lack of lack of closure for you are you just excited for the next step 
I'm I'm more excited for the next step. More mm-hmm. like looking forward to going into the military. Yeah. yeah, let's talk about that for a second because Coleman, you've had this uh goal for the past I've known about it for I don't know, maybe the better part of half a year, maybe. I, I remember sitting down with your dad and him saying, Coleman's got it figured out. <laughs> tell us how you came well, tell us what you're going to go do, first of all. And then, because it's, it's oddly specific, I think. Um, and then tell us maybe how did you get to that, uh, that desire in your heart? I think it's uh, fascinating. So uh, I'm going to be going into basically the Army Bomb Squad. Uh, the technical term for it is I'm going to be an EOD tech, which stands for Explosive Ordnance Disposal. Okay. Uh, and kind of... It's kind of weird how I got to that point because I've always wanted to join the military. Sure. But um, I kind of heard, you know, a little bit about EOD and I kind of thought about it a lot. And then was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do now. Because, hmm. uh, like, my biggest driving factor in going to EOD is that someone has to do it and so i would rather be the one taking that risk have you seen that movie the hurt locker this is all i can think about dan right (laughs) have you seen it coleman i have uh i watched it with my grandpa how realistic do you think that is from what i've heard it's not very realistic oh no ruined it for me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was hoping that's what you're going to say cuz it was an intense movie with intense, intense. Yes. Um Coleman, I, in my mind it sounds like you're going to go learn like um wiring diagrams and you're going to be the guy saying I hope this is the right purple wire. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's yeah. the the media portrayal of yeah, that totally. sort of a role. But for you I I love hearing just your heart behind saying someone's got to take a risk. It yeah. might as well be me. Where do you think that came from? Um, I would kind of attribute it, attribute it to, I guess, how my parents raised me. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been someone who's uh, taken risks for other people? Like, I, I don't know if there's a situation where, you know, there was a cat high in a tree once or, you know, an <laughs> old lady who needed to cross a busy road or like, where, where do you see this um, side of you come out? in uh, regular life um i guess just like trying to do little things to help people mm. like I, yeah well, i can definitely like attest to to that in you coleman just seeing you over the past year and a half there's definitely a, a selflessness um a readiness to to step up and to do uh, you know anytime that there's been something I've asked people to be involved in in Verge. You've definitely stepped up, and uh, I, I appreciate that uh, that kind of mindset. And uh, I think that you're right. It is a testament to to your parents and, and how they raised you. What was um, <laughs> I want to I want to know what your parents' response to this kind of path getting into the military, but then specifically into into this this branch as as an EOD officer. So what? What were conversations with them like surrounding this? Um, I think at the beginning, they kind of thought I was joking with them. Mm. 
Um, and then, like, you know, obviously they were kind of concerned for, like, safety. Um, but I'm really glad that they were able, that they, um, that they supported me in doing this. Yeah. Because, you know, being honest, I don't really feel like if they hadn't supported me, I would have changed anything. Mm. Sure. But um, it was just really nice that they that they support me in this. And I'm really grateful that they do. And that's yeah, you you know you've got such a tremendous family system and support team. And you know when your your dad uh, and I were having lunch one day and we were just catching up on the family, and he said, "Yeah, Coleman is gonna do EOD," and I didn't know what that meant, so I had him explain it to me, and he was like basically like diffusing bombs. My, my, my thought was, uh, Whoa, (laughs) that's out there. And, uh, the way that he said it to me, I didn't need to ask the question, like, are you okay with that? Cause I could tell there was such a pride of like, my, my son's Mm going to go help people. That's cool. And there's so many aspects of the military that, um, you know, people, engage in combat and engage in, um, you know, peace seeking missions. And this is one of those aspects, which is, um, you know, does an an enormous amount of good for people all over the world, both for the safety of our own troops, our own equipment, but also for civilians who don't know that, um, there are things around that could, that could, um, you know, hurt them. And, um, so man, it's just such a, a noble calling and such a noble task. What are some of the steps that you, you've been taking, uh, to get yourself ready to report? Um, have you been working out a lot? I mean, do, do EOD guys, are they kind of nerds or are they like, they got to be ripped? I mean, I don't know what, what we're talking about here. <laughs> I feel like with like EOD specifically, it's probably a mix of both. Yeah. Um, like I've been trying to do a uh, push-ups sit-ups and uh, i've been running as much as i can um i'll usually do like if i i usually try and run four miles um but it just kind of depends on the weather if i'm able to do that sure yeah that's what um, that's what stops me too yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> me too like, me too like if it's like 90 degrees outside i can probably make it about three miles right but i i'm not like yeah right no you don't have to defend yourself yeah (laughs) coleman are there certain things like uh, are there certain prerequisites that you have to hit before going to basic or do you just go to basic and then from there you have to hit certain baselines how's that work so last week um, I had to go to the recruiters to do what was called, um, it's called like the OPAT, which stands for, um, I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but it um, basically it's a PT test that I have to take before mm. I go into basic. Oh, okay. So um, I had to get like a certain score and I had to do like a deadlift I had to throw a medicine ball. Um, I had to do like a long jump. And then if you know what the pacer test is, I basically yeah. had to... Oh, nice. Wow, that sounds intense. That's a lot. The pacer but... test killed me in high school. I just hated <laughs> that thing. The pacer test. 
We call it the beep test. Is it the same as the beep test? That's what comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pace of test. Yeah. 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 Right. Col- Coleman, I know. Um, you know, we, we've talked about this before, uh, and I just wonder. You know, heading into basic, it is uh, a different world. It's a different culture, uh, and I know we've had this conversation before. But maybe you can you can talk a little bit, maybe about what you're um, what you're nervous about going into basic. How are you intending to continue to pursue Christ during this time in your life? Um, have you thought through some of those things? What's all that look like as you kind of step into this next section of uh, of life? So as far as like the thing I'm mo- most nervous about would probably just be like actually making it in because mm-hmm. like right now um, it's kind of going back and forth on if you test positive with COVID, you're medically disqualified from the military, but the it could change by the time I get in there. And so even if I did test positive, I still could get in. Mm. It's just kind of that uncertainty of it yeah. that I'm nervous about. Um, and then with pursuing Christ while in basic, um, probably definitely finding other like-minded individuals at basic. Mm. And then... Um, just uh reading the bible every day while i'm in there yeah i think you know i you touch on surrounding yourself with the the right people and i think that's that's a great perspective on life in general that you bring up coleman and we we talk about this in verge you know show me your friends i'll show you show you your future and i i think that's such a good mindset to head into basic like let me find the people that are not only going to push me um, in my career, but also is going to push me spiritually. Uh, right. And that can be hard sometimes, though. I Like, I know times in my life where it just seems like those kind of people weren't around. I don't know. Can you relate, Dan? Absolutely. Yeah. And and sometimes, to Coleman's point, you have to find those people, right? You, mm. you have to want it so much that you have to ask the question first and foremost, not, do I want to hang out with this person, but rather... Um, Who's the who's the person that's actually living a life that honors the Lord and that I want to follow? Yeah, and 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 finding them, right? I mean, that's a great it's a great thing. Coleman, how can we pray for you, man? We as a church, we love you and so we want to support you and want to be lifting you up uh, to the Lord. What are some maybe things that uh, you need prayer for that we can help out with? Um, I would mainly say just uh, if you guys could pray for a clear head yeah. Uh, is not, not only for like basic, but also for my um, AIT or my like advanced training hmm. uh, with my AIT. It has like an over 50% uh, attrition rate. Wow. Wow. So, you know, I've kind of, those aren't scary numbers thing. at all. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably my second biggest fear is failing out of my school. Mm. Um, but I've been able to talk to other people who've gone through it. So it was nice to get their perspective on it. So just kind of like a clear head so that not only for basic, but for my advanced schools to where I can, you know, buckle down and get everything done. You bet. Coleman, we're going to be praying for you, man, these next couple of weeks as you uh, get ready to go. 
as well as when you're over there um, doing your thing. We know you'll be stateside for a while, and we uh, look forward to keeping up with you and seeing the progress and how God pushes you forward, man. All the best to you, Coleman. Thanks for being on. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks, Coleman. Thanks for listening to the Church is Now Online podcast. For more resources from Bethel Church, head to BethelWeb.org, where you can stream services, give online, and find ways to impact our community. To connect with the HP campus, the best way to do that is on Facebook. Join our group by searching Bethel Church-Hobart Portage. If you enjoyed this content and want to help us out, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you found this content. And it helps us if you rate and review. It just makes it easier for others to find us online. Church is Now Online is produced by the team at Bethel Hobart Portage. Christina Soderquist, Daniel Asher, Scott Irwin, and myself, Dan Jacobson. Thanks for listening to this episode. Until next time, this podcast is to be continued.